Business Report Spotlight is brought to you by Renaissance Health Medical Aid Fund. RMA, your health comes first. This edition of the Business Report, but specifically the Spotlight feature, we have the absolute pleasure of uh, speaking to Ms. Eileen Angula. Thank you so much for featuring on our Spotlight feature today. Thank you so much, Lamy, for the invite. Let's start with getting to know you. Who is Ali Angula? <laughs> Ali Angula is a very ambitious, very bold, very brave uh, young Namibian, I would like to say. Um, I'm very purpose-driven. Um, in, 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 in this period, in this season of my life, I am running as an independent candidate for the presidential position for the Republic of Namibia. Bold um, and brave would certainly be two terms I would use to describe <laughs> you. <laughs> In addition to that, I'm I'm a God-fearing mother of three. Um, and I I would like to say that yeah, I'm I'm really just purpose-driven as a as a, mm. as a person, as an as an intro. Yeah. So we know that you've had a very successful corporate career. Mm-hmm. Um you've also you're an experienced Namibian entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um you've worked in public office before. Mm-hmm. What is your reason for running now for the highest office in the country? Purpose. So politics is a platform. Um, I definitely believe that Namibians deserve better. We deserve better in terms of the way that our life is at the moment. Um, And I believe that I've got all the kind of the makings to challenge a system that is currently not open to everybody. Um, So it is purpose. Um, And I was kind of nudged. I didn't know that if if I look at my life, I was headed in this direction. But I was nudged in a couple of dreams by the Lord to say, you now need to run. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is just purpose and, and, and destiny for, for, for my life, I think. But it is about the Namibian people. Um, so how do we craft a life that is better for every single Namibian? That's, that's been my life's purpose, essentially, since I left KPMG, creating jobs, giving more economic power to the average, everyday Namibian. All right. So on that economic power, you um, share quite a lot on X, the platform. Mm -hmm. Um, You shared about the the president's entrepreneurial one billion fund. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you expand on that? How would the fund work? Okay, so the fund would work in the sense that, you know, you've got you've got means of production. So if you're running a business, you need a place where you need to be operating. Of, Of course, you need a product that you need to put to market, but you need capital to either afford the place where you need to be making the product or to even put the product together and to get the talent and the skill to innovate, to be able to be successful in the market. Now, a lot of our businesses in Namibia do not have access to capital. Um, And it's just because we've got a lot of legacy businesses that are in the financial services sector. Um, And then we've got a lot of our entrepreneurs, really the majority of our entrepreneurs are coming from a place where they don't have access to the one thing that gives them access to capital, which is a property. Mm. So when you walk into a financial institution currently and you're asking for a loan, be it the development bank, be it a commercial bank, you need to have collateral. You need to give them something in the event that your business doesn't work out the way that it needs to work out, the way that you're planning it, whatever your dream is, you need to have collateral. Now, collateral in many, many societies, including Namibia, comes in the form normally of a property. Mm. So if you kind of just imagine in your mind that, look at Katutura, right? Yes. The, 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 those houses, the people that have got access to those houses were built on like 250, 300 squares, right? Mm-hmm. So your capital in terms of that house 
is limited to the size of that urban and limited to the value of equity that can be derived from that neighborhood. Now, who in Katutura would have access to a property that has equity, say, of $2 million? So they can start their business. No one. No one. So that leaves a majority of Namibian business people, young people that have got aspirations, anybody that has got a business aspiration, with an inability to actually start a business. The second thing is, normally when businesses are started, you go to the, you go to your friends, you go to your family, then you go to what typically we call a fool. Anybody that kind of just buys into somebody else's <laughs> dream and says, you know what, I yeah. love what you're doing, so I'm going to give you this money. Um, now, if you look, and I'm talking about the average um, majority Namibian business person or aspiring business person. Do they have a friend who, at the drop of a hat, they can ask and say, please lend me half a million? Do you have family who has built, has an, had, had an opportunity to build up equity where you can just say, give me 100000 I want to start a business. It's going to cost, I need 50000 Just give me 5000 Even those amounts, as I'm bringing them down, we, we hardly have access to that network that you would typically find mm-hmm. is required to start a business. So there are certain interventions that are required so we can get the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Namibia going. You cannot start a business without capital uh, because you are limited in terms of even the ideas. You can't pay people for skills. You can't mm-hmm. pay people to innovate. You cannot put product development together. You cannot advertise and market your product. So this is why you kind of see in Namibia we've got a lot of these copycat type businesses. So I see another person selling, um, say, chickens. Mm. I see they're doing well. Tomorrow, I'm going to start a chicken business. I see somebody's doing well with a car wash business. Tomorrow, I'm going to start a car wash business. There is no even innovation, but it's just because people cannot afford to pay for the innovation in terms of the skill. Right. So the fund is aiming to really bridge that gap. Um, and then you've got the, the type of entrepreneur where when there was money in the economy, 2013, 2014, when our economy was really firing, um, that's when we had the collapse of SME Bank. Yes. So a person who had no knowledge of what was happening in that bank, put their money in, they had a loan. Now their money is gone and they're having to this day have to pay back that loan. So when do you get businesses to actually start? So for me, I've come up with that figure of a billion because I almost want to couple to that. Yes, startup capital for people to be able to start their businesses, Mm -hmm. but also a a component which is a get back on your feet component. Mm. Um, For those people that were sitting with funds in SME Bank, those people that are still having to pay SME Bank loans, those people that are now listed on ICT because IITC because mm. they, they had these SME bank loans and they just cannot afford to, to, to pay them back. Mm. But that person, if we leave them for the next 30 years, will not be active in the economy sure. because of this listing yeah. on ITC. 30 years. That's the productive life of a human being. Mm. You know, so if you went into business when you're 30, 30 years out of the system, you're going to be 60. Where's the energy going to be coming from? And we cannot, as a country, afford to lose 30 years' worth of business people's talent and skills and energy. Mm. So there's a big component on that, which is a get back on your feet component. Of course, that will entail that you need to show to us that you had a loan at SME Bank or that you had money that was at SME Bank. And there's a lot of those businesses. And then the rest is really just how do we, how do we provide places for people to do business? Um, and how do we provide people to have access to product development 
um, product development environments. But of course, we're going to give them the money. They're going to apply for it. You're going to have to do a business plan, unfortunately, even if it is a one page, to just show that you've thought through the process. Right. But all the hindrances that you typically will find in a fund application or a loan application, all of those are going to be done away with because I come from business. Yes. <laughs> I know that business people don't have time <laughs> to apply mm. and be, be, be told, no, go and, submit, go and bring us this. Go and bring us this. And there is not going to be any security requirements for, for, that, um, for that fund. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate that because it seems like it's just providing solutions for the current challenges Correct. that Namibian entrepreneurs face even Correct. today. Correct. And then I, I did go around and I asked, uh, I asked um, the rest of my colleagues, you know, yeah. what would you really like to know from Ali Angula? Here's yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. And the one question that came up is the standard of living yeah. um, for Namibians is yeah. diminishing. I think yeah. we can all agree to that. Yeah. And I know it's a tall order mm-hmm. um, to ask, but mm-hmm. are there ways um, you have to improve the cost of living for Namibians? Yeah, I mean, the cost of living is totally out of control. And we've got this thing of imported inflation because we are pegged to the South African economy. So the South African economy sneezes. We don't catch a cold. We catch pneumonia. Mm. Um, And everything else has gone up. The only thing, strangely thing that hasn't gone up is alcohol. Um, But everything else in terms of, you know, um, living costs have gone up. So one of the things that we are going to be focusing on is our monetary policy stance. And that is really where you control, like, cost of capital. Mm. Um, a lot of people post-COVID um, have gone into, and if you kind of just look around you, because people don't have access to money and we live in a cashified society. So a lot of people are going to cash loans, right, to just get by. And when they get go to cash loans, a person is charging 30%. So from a, from, a, from a policy point of view, should we really be allowing people to operate in this market and almost... Um, leech blood from the Namibian person to just get by because things are so expensive. Mm. Um, then the other thing is we also need to brave up as Namibians and kind of say we need to produce something so that we're not importing this inflation that we've got no control over from South Africa. And, and I know there's been people that have been talking about Namibia is not even doing toothpicks. But maybe let's forget the toothpicks conversation. Yes. Let's look at like some things that we use every day, food. We've been talking, but I think we've been talking and going in circles, talking about supporting agriculture. Why is it that we've got water that we've paid $6.5 billion for in Akatao, but hard up region, we're not growing food? Why is it that we've got uh, Kavango and the Caprivi, uh, the two Kavango regions and the, 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 and the Zambezi region where Caprivi is? And that should be the food basket of Namibia. Mm. And we're not producing food. Forget the green schemes. I believe in a small government. I don't believe everything should be done by government. I think private sector is the most efficient and uh, most innovative to roll out some of these things. We just need to support private sector to do it better with capital. If you bring down the cost of food, 78% of Namibians spend their money on food. Mm. If you bring down the cost of food, already you've addressed the cost of living. The one big thing, and I know Namibians are going to say this is like silly thinking. We need to take away VAT on food items. That's 15% of your food bill. If that's where Namibians are spending the bulk of the money, mm. that is the one place from a, 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 a fiscal policy point of view where we can have direct interventions and put money, literally put money back into people's pockets. The other one is we need to bring down the, the tax brackets and tax is, is your way where you can, you can kind of sort out inequality in your society. 
So that bracket at the moment there is a a, a, a proposal from uh, Ministry of Finance to raise the tax bracket from fifty thousand to a hundred thousand. It's not enough. It's not enough because seventy one point four percent of Namibians are earning less than two thousand dollars a month. Seventy one. Seventy one point four percent. Sure, these are yeah. shocking figures. Yeah. So even if you raise it from fifty to to a hundred thousand, it's not enough. You mm. kind of need to think. How do you get money from the wealthy, anybody who's earning above $100,000 a month and saying, I'm going to tax you higher mm. and I need to raise the tax brackets to maybe even 200000 because the majority of Namibians are already not, in any event not paying tax. And you need, we need to say to our mining sector, if you contribute 10% to GDP, your tax contribution should be 10%. Sure. And we should be raising the taxes for mining companies to 51.5%, 50, 51%. Mm. And there is not going to be anyone Namibian that's going to say to us, you cannot raise the taxes to mining companies to 51% because it's a resource that belongs to Namibians. Yes. This way we can fund all of the programs and we're not funding government programs from taxpayers, from people that are already struggling. But the first point is VAT need to have an aggressive position in terms of taxes. Who should really be funding the Namibian economy? We've got all these resources. Let that money come from there, not the struggling Namibian. Sure. Um, so that's kind of the thinking at the, mm. at the moment in terms of how do we address cost of living. It all sounds like uh, very promising and very hard decisions that mm. will need to be made. Very. We have to brave up. <laughs> <laughs> we have to brave up. And then because this is the business report, um, I want to ask this question as a final question in terms of business. What would be your vision for Namibia? My vision for Namibia is because we're so abundantly, richly endowed with all these resources. My vision is a prosperous Namibia. And I know, I know the term almost sounds political and I hate the fact that it's been hijacked and mm. sounds like it's an empty word. But Namibia should be a very, very, very rich country. I'm not even talking about like where we want to better people's lives. The words that we should, we should be using in Namibia is wealth. How do we get to create and accumulate wealth for every single Namibian person? That's my vision for Namibia. Well, Ailey, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you on the Business Report. Thank you so much for coming to share your vision for the country and all the best of luck with this election year. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Business Report Spotlight was proudly brought to you by Renaissance Health Medical Aid Fund. RMA. Your health comes first.